You know, we have spent the last four weeks or so, at least the last message series that we did, Strange Times, really thinking about strange stuff that is, that's happening in our world. I mean, just left and right, strange stuff is happening. And um, like on a more serious note, we, we're experiencing strangeness on a whole nother level and uh, in, in a particular arena that I think we shouldn't ignore. And so, Brooklyn, would you, I'll just show you a video of what I'm talking about. Just need a base hit. You got JP's gonna be flying from second. You got the bases loaded. Bowers well fouled down the third baseline. Biggest pitch of the year here for the Mariners. Three and two, bases loaded. C-Shack, the pitch. Strange, miraculous movements in culture. Uh, hey, uh, by the way, um, there were people that we know that were there, and I know this is getting redundant, but I think we ought to see this from a little bit different vantage point. See if you recognize some of these folks. Short clip. Please endure if you don't like the Mariners, but if you do, God loves you. Here we go. Good morning and welcome to Brookview. <laughs> My job today is to give announcements. So I announced, you know, you got to speak from the heart, don't you? Uh, okay, so I really just have a couple of quick announcements. The first one is that, as some of you are well aware, we are relaunching like our full kids programming next door today. And, um, yeah, those little monkeys are worth it, uh, your little monkeys. And so um, just an amazing thing after a really hard season of trying to figure out how to do all of this, so excited about that. And last week, I mentioned in announcements that um, we're looking for more volunteers to be added to the team of people that are on a rotational basis, maybe once every seven weeks or so to serve over there. So six here, seven over there, or seven over there, six here, one over there. Um, and he here's, here's something else to just really celebrate. This last week, we had a tidal wave of people reach out and say, hey, I would really like to invest in kids and be a part of that team. Huge numbers of people. So, however, if you're not a part of that uh, team and you would like to be, 
The curriculum is so user-friendly. Um, it's just a phenomenal thing. And if you're interested in that even and would like more information, please reach out to us and let us know um, because we would love to add you to that team. There's some dynamic things happening next door, um, and I'm just excited to see what God does with those kids and with families over the next several uh, months. So the way that you would let us know if you're interested in that is um, you can text kids to our text number, which is 425-406-3660. That's for those of you watching on Spotify, and you can't see the number, so there it was. Rewind, write it down. Um, also, you can go to your online communication card. And so you just go to brookviewchurch.com, click on contact, and it will take you to our online communication card, and you can communicate anything there to us, prayer requests, anything you need. And we love, love, love to hear from you guys. I will say some of you at home have, you know, you're not in a spot where you feel, feel comfortable being here, but you've been reaching out that way and just letting us know you're still a part of this, you're still out there, and we're so, so thankful for that. So um, you guys, this morning... We're going to do something a little different. I asked Jen and the worship team to lead us through a, a time of engaging in Scripture that is a little bit more reflective and a little bit more contemplative and just sort of worship-based. And I am so excited for, um, for how this is going to go this morning. And I just, I really believe God is going to move. And so um, Jen and the team are going to kind of lead us through that. Um, and this is something that we thought about possibly doing periodically and kind of sprinkling a Sunday here or there throughout the year because it's, it's really a good thing to come to church sometimes and not have it be just music and a message. There are other ways to engage with God, and we want to incorporate that in a little bit more with what we're doing as a community together because I think this is really valuable um, and really something special. So um, I am thrilled to have those guys lead us this morning. And so would you, would you just bow and pray and let's ask for God's presence and for him to meet us here. Father in heaven, the reality is we, we walk in here from different kinds of places, all sorts of facing different kinds of issues in our lives. And, um, and we need to meet with you. We need to hear from you. We need to, we need to be with you. And this morning, God, I pray that you would help us to not only have an individual encounter with you, but that we would have a corporate encounter with you together as a family, whether we're here in person or, or watching the live stream or maybe even watching uh, later on. I pray that you would, you, would, um, you would just reveal yourself to us. I pray that you would help us to set aside anything that would be a distraction to us this morning and that you would help us to encounter you in a deep and meaningful way and personal, and corporate way. God, would you meet with us here? We need you. Amen. We've got a role reversal here, and we don't know how to do this. Actually, I didn't communicate anything to him, so that's, that's my bad. It's my bad. Uh, oh, oh. But now my hair is stuck in the microphone issues. We'll just talk about everything that I'm experiencing. Um, a while ago, I was listening to a podcast um, and came across this thought about worship that I hadn't really considered before. And I just wanted to share it with you before we kind of launch into our contemplative, reflective morning together. And here was the thought. 
a people group's expression in worship is largely shaped out of where they come from. A people group's expression is wor- in worship is largely shaped out of where they came from. So as I was listening to this podcast about worship, the host invited a woman named Barbara Holmes to share her insights. Dr. Barbara Holmes has a long list of things that she does and specializes in, but among those things, she's an author and a scholar who focuses on African-American spirituality. So in the podcast um, called The Eternal Current, Dr. Holmes was talking about Negro spiritual worship in the early days of slavery and how Africans in that time period were coming from this place of injustice and oppression, and it created in their worship this strong thread of a particular type of what they, she called it was moaning. Moaning and crying out because of what they'd been through and what they were going through. And as they were talking about how, um, how Afro-worship can sometimes look so different than white, middle-class, modern worship does, and, and they kind of explored some of the possibilities for why that is, and it was just really intriguing to me. Um, and one of the things that struck me was that when you look back on what happened to Africans who were being ripped out of Africa, sent to the Americas, ripped from their homes, from their familiar landscape, and sold off to white people who would now own them, as they were sitting in the bottom of slave ships, heading to who knows where. Imagine what that must have been like for a minute. Just imagine it. In historical studies, there's account after account after account given of a sound that could be heard in the holes of those slave ships, and it sounded like a moan. As they sat person on person in the bottom of those boats, in many cases they had nothing in common except that they were brown or black. That's it. They didn't necessarily speak the same language. They weren't always from the same village or same community. And what some researchers have proposed is that there was a communal moan that created language among them. It was a moan that established their community and united them and stitched them together in spirit. They had started off as individuals on the continent of Africa in different villages, from different tribes, different tongues, and they became this one small village in the whole of a slave ship, heading off to what we now know is a horrible future. At the time, they didn't necessarily worship our God, the Western God. They had all sorts of different ideas about God and greater powers and how that all worked, but there was this collective moan that was at the core of their being. And later on, as they were introduced to Jesus, that moan became the backbone of their hymns and the songs they wrote and that they sang together. And that sound is pretty different from the white expressions of worship, hymns, that were being written and sung by their white counterparts, living in the same time, same place. In Negro spirituals, you can hear the cry for justice, 
a cry for freedom, a cry for the coming of the kingdom and heaven in ways that just weren't the same as white hymns. And I want to take a minute and just listen to this together and enter in for a minute. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me and before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave. And go home to my Lord and be free. from there. As a white person, it seems weird to even be talking about this because I cannot possibly understand that level of oppression and injustice and walking through the atrocities that they did. But I think that there is a place where we should think about it and that it's, it's good and it's right and it's okay to lament to mourn, to feel this tension about it, to feel uncomfortable with it. Um, because there was suffering and there was inhumane treatment of human beings who were created in the image of God. And along those lines, I think that in this past year or so, many of us have faced a deepening hunger for justice. We have experienced an ache over what's going on in the world. We've watched the killing of George Floyd, and it awakened us to the reality that injustice still prevails. It's still running rampant. We have watched friends not be able to be friends because of politics. We've experienced the reality of not seeing people we love because of COVID. We are watching people debate whether or not to get vaccinated and lose jobs and lose friends depending on where they land. We're seeing our world and even our church grow in polarizing views of how we should be gathering or not gathering, who we should support in leadership or not support. There's an outcry that about this evil that exists, but we can't agree about how we're supposed to fight it together. And the list is long. And the reality of what we're walking through, you guys, it's tough. It's tough. And I think what's happening for me is that I'm constantly being reminded that I'm living in a broken world with imperfect people 
and with myself, who, by the way, is imperfect, in case you didn't know. And I am becoming more and more aware of our need for justice and our need for healing. And there's an ache that is surfacing, a moan that is defining this time and this space that I find myself in. And I'm wondering if you can relate. It makes me think of this passage in Romans chapter 8. And it says, we know that all that God created has been groaning. It is in pain as if it were giving birth to a child. The created world can, can, continues to groan even now. And that's not all. We have the Holy Spirit as the promise of future blessing, but we also groan inside ourselves. We do this as we look forward to the time when God adopts us as full members of his family. Then he will give us everything he has for us. He will raise our bodies and give glory to them. That's the hope we had when we were saved. But hope that can be seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? We hope for what we don't have yet. So we are patient as we wait for it. This passage paints a picture of the earth groaning and that those groans are a birthing sound. Now, if you have ever experienced natural childbirth, I didn't have three children, and I was like, nope, hook me up in the parking lot to whatever I can have. Um, but if you've witnessed someone who has, you know that women groan and moan when they are giving birth. Is this too real for you, Hannah? <laughs> okay going to happen. <laughs> but this, okay, all right, this groan, it's the sound of something new being born. And I love that picture because it reminds me that out of suffering, out of the ache, out of the groan is something new. And so this morning as we're focusing on reflection and contemplation, I want to point out that this ache over the world as, as it is, isn't just something that you make a decision to enter into voluntarily or purposefully. It certainly can be that. But I also think that it occurs in the midst of a crisis and we feel so unsettled. As a community, not just as in, an individual or individuals, but as a community, you come to this place of aching and moaning and longing for something new as a result of oppression or injustice or the pandemic that we're living in. And we can find ourselves in this kind of unspoken communal ache or groaning for all that we see that needs to be healed and restored and redeemed. And I think that this is the spot this is the spot that if we allow it, if we don't just bury it and sing happy, clappy, everything's cool songs of worship, but we allow ourselves to cry out, to moan together, God's spirit can enter and nurture us and prepare us for what comes next and breathe new life and hope into our bodies and into our community. And so this morning, we're going to enter into this. 
to take some time to cry out to God together, to, as a community, stand here in this shared space or wherever you are watching from home right now, to enter into the thoughts that you might be having and to cry out together and to put our trust in Jesus and to lean into the spirit of God to, out of the pain, out of the chaos, create new things. The beauty will come out of brokenness all around us. And my prayer is that we would not just get to witness it, but we would have the joy and the privilege to be a part of God's redemptive work. And my prayer is that more and more we would have eyes to see this work, to partner with God in it, and to groan with all of creation as we patiently wait for God to make all things new. All things new. So grab your journal right now, or your phone if you're doing it on your phone. And you're going to see these up on the screen behind me, so don't worry about catching it all. Um, But we're going to spend some time writing. And here's how we're going to start. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to make a list of some different things personally that make you groan. They could be things like your body. Maybe things aren't working as they should. You're, you're facing a chronic illness or disease or you desperately want a child and it's not happening for you. I mean, there are all sorts of ways that our bodies fail us. Maybe it's a relationship that you have. Maybe it's your kids. You're just really worried about them. Or your family, is, life is not how you imagined it being. Or your, your marriage is just really tough and you're struggling. Maybe you have a friendship that's kind of turned a little sideways. Maybe it's your job, your career. You're not where you hoped you would be right now. Your finances don't feel sufficient. So that's the personal side of things. And then the second thing that I want you to do is to make a list of things in the broader world that you feel an ache over. This global pandemic that COVID has created. Maybe it's political division racial injustice, child slavery, hunger and starvation, natural disasters, homelessness, what's going on in Afghanistan. Make a list of different things, personally and in the broader world, that cause you to groan. And then I want you to pick one or two things to write a little bit more deeply about. What do you long for? When you look at those things, what do you long for? How do you want it to be? And we're going to just have some light music playing in the background, and I'm going to give you about 10 minutes to just enter into that. Let the room fade. You and God, let him tap you on the shoulder. Just tell him about it. Tell him all about it.
worship in a little bit different way. Um, and I'm going to ask you to just kind of stand together with your journal, with your journal page exposed in this kind of act of holding this out in community, but out to God as well, and to engage in crying out to God together. And I'm going to pray, God, we need you. Things aren't as they should be. And you see the words on these pages. You hear the cry of our hearts. You see that all is not as it should be. And you enter into that with us. And God, out of the ache, we long for new. And we know that that's where hope is found. But it isn't an empty pie-in-the-sky hope. It is a hope in who you are and who you have been throughout history, human history, but my history too. God, you are making all things new today, tomorrow, and every day after that.
Let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd. He gives me everything I need. He lets me lie down in fields of green grass. He leads me beside quiet waters. He gives me new strength. He guides me in the right paths for the honor of his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. You are with me. Your shepherd's rod and staff comfort me. You prepare a feast for me right in front of my enemies. You pour oil on my head. My cup runs over. I am sure that your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever.
but it. 
we need you. We need you to right what is wrong. And God, we want to be your vessels. Use us, God, to bring healing, to bring restoration into the brokenness. God, to participate in this movement that is already going because you are God and you are working all things for your end. God, give us eyes to see and give us the obedience to do what you ask us to do. God, thank you. And God, as we groan and realize that all is not well and all is not right, would you help us to wait patiently for your redemption. And God, not this absent, abstract hope, like I hope it'll all turn out good, but this hope that is the anchor and the center because you will overcome it all and you will make all things new and we get to be there with you. So thank you, God. Thank you for this morning. It's in your name I pray. Amen. I mean, go Mariners. Go Mariners. You are all charged up now. We'll 